0: Tell you what, we're going to continue through looking at the 72nd Psalm, and we've been looking at the whole idea of how the Lord delivers us. This particular Psalm's got some interesting things going on. It's written by Solomon. It says, A Psalm of Solomon. And we've covered the first 11 verses, which I'm about to reread just to set the context here for us, okay? And uh, the idea is that Solomon is praying and interceding on behalf of the king on behalf of the king, either his dad or on behalf of himself as being the king at that time, but the king. But the way that is expressed and the elements within also paint a picture of the coming king from his perspective, of the coming king, the Lord Jesus Christ, of the coming king from our perspective with his second coming. So it shows us some things about uh, the Lord God himself in the way that he's expressing and calling upon things for the king. It's amazing how the Spirit uh, moves upon man to write things, which the Lord then brings to us as Scripture, right? So let's look at this. Psalm 72, verse 1. Give the king your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your afflicted with justice. Let the mountains bring peace to the people and the hills in righteousness. May he vindicate the afflicted of the people, save the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. Let them fear you while the sun endures, and as long as the moon throughout all generation. Verse 6 now. May he come down like rain upon the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may the righteous flourish, an abundance of peace till the moon is no more. May he also rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Let the nomads of the desert bow before him and his enemies lick the dust. Mm -hmm. Let the kings of Tarshish and the islands bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba offer gifts and let all kings bow down before him. All nations serve him. So that's up through verse 11. And you can see he's calling forth for these things to happen to the king, to the king's son. But also you see things that are going to happen that we've been told about uh, with the Most High God, how uh, all the nations will bow before him, for instance. So let's continue on, verse 12. For he will deliver the needy when he cries for help, the afflicted also, and him who has no helper. He will have compassion On the poor and needy, and the lives of the needy he will save. He will rescue their life from oppression and violence, and their blood will be precious in his sight. So may he live, and may the gold of Sheba be given to him. And let them pray for him continually, let them bless him all day long. So again, we see some things right here in these verses that are the uh, uh, that, that wonderful mishmash, menagerie, mystery of things being prayed for for the king. But we realize that there's things here that the king of all kings manifest. Look what it says in verse 12. He will deliver the needy when he cries for help. So he's talking about that, that the king will do this. The, one of the roles of the king, to help the needy when they cry for help. So is the king, the most high king. The afflicted also he will help, particularly those that have no helper. Then verse 13 tells us that he'll have compassion on the poor and needy and on the lives of the needy he will save. So we see that the king has compassion. We see that he will save the same way that the king, the most high king, most high God does. These are also things, folks, that we as believers are called to do and empowered to do, to deliver the needy when they cry for help, to help the afflicted, the ones that don't help to help them, to have compassion on the poor. To have compassion on the needy. To save those who are in need in their lives. And then in verse 14, He will rescue their lives from oppression and violence. We have a role and a calling to do exactly that. And their blood will be precious in His sight. Not in the way that the world says it. okay? Not in the way that the world does it. I know I'm touching on this a little more, but it's such an issue of the day. There's such a confusion between what the Scripture reveals to be justice and what the liberal church and what uh, uh, political organizations call social justice. Quite often people think it's one and the same, and it is not. Okay? And sometimes it's just blatantly obvious the ones that are yelling and screaming the loudest for social justice, the blood of the little ones are not precious in their eyes. Because most of the time, the ones that are crying for the social justice are also the ones that are crying the loudest for the abortionist. There's such an inconsistency here in, in reasoning and just thought that is it's dumbfounded sometimes. Then verse 14, he's going to rescue the life from oppression and violence. Like you said, they're bloodly pressured in his sight. So, why? So may he live and may the gold of Sheba be given to him. And let them pray for him continually, let them bless him all day long. So this is one of those verses that leads me to be brought back to the understanding that, yeah, he's talking about the kings here, yeah. because uh, God's really not interested in the gold of Sheba because the gold of Sheba is already his. And when it says, so may he live, may they pray for him continually. We usually don't pray for the Lord Jesus Christ. We usually don't pray for God. Let them bless him all day long. We do want to bless the Lord God all day long. But here, it's speaking of the king. Okay? So, uh, let me read a couple more verses right here, maybe. Verse 16. May there be abundance of grain in the earth on top of the mountains. Its fruit will wave like the cedars of Lebanon. And may those from the city flourish like a vegetation of the earth. I'll tell you what, let's just finish this psalm. let just four more verses. <clears throat> what he's talking about here is fruitfulness. He said, let fruit come forth, okay? From the mountain, let there be grain. Let there be fruit, okay? Let there be all sorts of things from the vegetation of the earth. Verse 17, may his name endure forever. May his name increase as long as the sun shines and let men bless themselves by him. Let all the nations call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone works wonders and blessed be his glorious name forever. And may the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And then verse 20, the verse that we covered in the previous episode, the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. (laughs) Yeah. So he ends it with a little bit of a doxology right here, Solomon does. He's speaking of blessing the Lord God, the God of Israel, the one who does these works, who alone works wonders. It is the Lord God that works wonders, not man, not false gods. And then he says what? Bless his glorious name. Bless his name and may the whole earth be filled with his glory. <laughs> Folks, if you're a true believer, you are a glory bearer. Literally, we not only reflect the image of God, we bear the image of God and we manifest the image of God day in and day out with every breath we take. And so as we go about doing, that's what the Great Commission is about. As you are going, then do these things. As we are going, we are manifesting the power and the presence of the Most High God. If we were to do that, all the other things that we seek to do in the name of the Lord, to be, to try to be attractive to people, try to get the people to come to church Etc. cetera, Etc. cetera, et cetera, would fall by the wayside. And the power of the Most High God would rule and reign to his praise and his honor and his glory. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode.